Next on BYU Sports Nation, recruit and reload. BYU football working to bring in the best recruiting class in a long time. The ratings look good. But how much do the ratings and numbers really matter? We'll discuss BYU's major needs and talk to new tight ends coach Steve Clark. Plus, Blaine Fowler on his number one need for BYU football recruiting and how BYU hoops dances in the NCAA tourney again. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, January 27th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with an NAB three-star recruit in 2002 out of Copper Hills High School, Jerem Jordan. I don't even know what NAB stands for. Oh, oh, uh, National Association of Broadcasters? Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. I went, no, 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 no. I was kind of off the radar. I, I was a walk-on academically at uh, BYU, and then luckily it's, it's panned out. So you were, you, were not a st- you were no stars? No. I, I, I was probably Dennis, I was the Dennis Pitta uh, out of high school of broadcasters. <laughs> A little skinny, a walk-on, and then uh, it's been very different for Dennis and I since. But, yeah, I was like Dennis out of high school. I'm glad they didn't really assign stars to us as aspiring broadcasters out of high school. Oh, my goodness, yeah. It would have been ugly. (laughs) It would have been really ugly, visually. (laughs) Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Bronson Kafusi had a solid day one at the Senior Bowl practices yesterday, according to multiple reports. Yeah, it's good for him, and it's going to be fun to watch him uh, this week, and then he plays on Saturday. The women's and men's hoops teams are in action tomorrow night against LMU. The ladies play at 9 Eastern on the W.TV, and the men play LMU in Provo at 11 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio. That's win by 20, huh? Women's basketball, 16th in the latest RPI, and Mm. 11 out in the latest coaches poll. They continue to be in a good place to get that single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. They are atop the West Coast Conference with San Diego. Yeah, they go on the road for 6 of 9 starting tomorrow night, so the challenge will be can they kind of keep that up. And and you'd think the RPI will continue to drop as they play teams that are in the 200s, you know, in the West Coast Conference sometimes. BYU football's recruiting class right now ranked 49th hmm. by Yahoo Sports. Top 50, is that good or not? We'll tell you in a moment. How much does that really matter? Speaking of, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Recruit and reload. We're going to have a staff that's going to be able to recruit, and we're going to be able to be in line with um, myself and and Tom, how we think about what's the best thing for, for these players. New BYU head football coach Kalani Sataki has made it very clear. Recruiting is number one. Kalani is uh, tongue and for recruiting. I don't know if anyone knew that. That's, that's <laughs> oh, a fact. It? That's a scientific fact. <laughs> we are exactly one week away from National Signing Day when the best of the best high school football and junior college talent ink their names on the line and officially commit to a given university's college football program. The so effects. what is the Twitter question today then? What is the biggest need BYU needs to address on signing day? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Lots of great responses so far. Uh, at Twig Your Stone. Wide receivers lost a lot of starters. Young talent still unproven. Both sides of the line also need depth. For me, it is the wide receivers because of the sheer numbers alone. You, yeah, they lose a lot. That is definitely the easy pick, and we'll break that down in a moment. But five wide receivers that were seniors, gone, gone, 
These high-profile kids, think about it. They are essentially speed-dating multiple college football program staffs. <laughs> it's true. And then delivering the final rose on signing day. Okay. okay. Bachelor reference. Uh, I don't, imagine the I don't show. I watch The Bachelor. No, yes, you do, because you know what? I, you said it before I said it. I do not watch The Bachelor. <laughs> you know what it's about, though. Imagine the show, though. The Bachelor. Four-star recruits standing in front of Kalani Satake. Kyle Whittingham, David Shaw. I'm not going to imagine the bachelor and football players. And whoever the USC football coach is, they've had like five in the last four years. Clay okay. Helton. On National Signing Day, the kid delivers the final rose. Okay. It's getting way too <laughs> sappy for me. <laughs> Valentine's Day is in two and a half weeks. Then the, host, then the host, Chris Harrison, comes out and says, You know the name of the host. This is a tough decision. Uh, you think... That guy has a pointless job. How Let me know when you're done job? comparing Whatever. to The Bachelor, and then I'll okay. do this conversation. That, that is for me. That Does that not relate, though? You're speed dating all of these staffs, and you have to pick one. Unfortunately, it does. I didn't. We talk about a lot of things. We, we didn't talk about this, The Bachelor. <laughs> I'm just so thrown off. I don't. <laughs> oh. No, you're right, though. <laughs> it is speed dating. Like, hey, want to spend the next four years together and have, I don't know, your life legacy somewhat? Based on where you go to school to isn't a degree. That, isn't that crazy how important the decision is? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And you hope the people are honest, uh, you know, in their dealings with their fellow men in recruiting. And BYU's out there trying to get it done right now. You're right. Speed dating is the operative word. And Kalani Sitake is known as a great recruiter. So we'll see what BYU pulls in. One week from today on BYU TV, live noon and 6 p.m. Eastern time, BYU Sports Nations covering recruiting like nobody else will. We're going to do it big again. What are BYU's needs? Let's start by addressing who left BYU due to graduation. And we already had one tweeted from at Twiggy or Stone referencing the BYU wide receivers. The senior class by breakdown and position, please, Jerem. Okay, wide receivers, five of them. Mitch Matthews and Von Blackman, most notable. Linebackers, three. Yep, Taron Houck. Running backs, two. D-linemen, two. Brunson Kofusi among them. O-line, Riker Matthews, tight end, Remington Peck, kicker. Uh, Trevor Sampson, and then defensive back, that was Michael Wadsworth. So a bunch of starters. Typically, if you're a senior, the chances are there's like a one in three chance that you're a starter, right? There aren't guys that stay four full years on a team, on a scholarship, they don't contribute in some way. So, so there's 16 of these dudes that BYU is going to have to figure out with this. But yet I looked at the, the junior class for BYU, and I saw – I see a lot of significant tri- contributors that can replace a lot of these guys. Okay. All John Brown, Michael Davis, Kyle Johnson, Mitchell Jurgens, Nick Kurtz, Harvey Longy, Johnny Linehan, Kai Nakua, Sai Tautu, Travis Tuiloma, Brad Wilcox. Pretty good. That's a good, pretty good junior class. I like it. Now, I've been prone to question the validity of like recruiting ratings oh, sure. and stars. Like, who are these guys that are even assigning the stars and rating system? Does it even really matter? But then we did some interesting research on a new level. So let's gauge those rankings and how it has panned out. Some fun with history on BYU Sports Nation. Let's go a couple of years back. Okay, significant contributors for BYU last year from the recruiting class two years ago. So 2013. Devon Blackman. Or is that 2014? 2014. Okay. 2014. Devon Blackman, Nick Kurtz, and Jordan Leslie were your transfers. All three of those Ooh. guys, significant contributors. Okay. Trey Dye, T. John Karoma, freshman All-American center, started every game. Fred Warner... Sione Takitaki. Pretty good, right? Yeah. That's pretty good. On any given class, 
I've I've looked at about the last six, and I've I've uh, made a call on who's a significant contributor or not. I won't go into the criteria used there, but I just look at the name and go, okay, are they a starter? Are they contributing in a great like Trey Die? I wouldn't call a significant contributor to this year's team. Correct, a contributor, but not significant. Correct. Okay, just for a gauge. Okay, Tijon definitely yes. Fred yes. Sione yes. Even though he missed the last several games. On average, you want to get five or more significant contributors from your class because then you have 20 in theory at a time on a team, okay? Four years combined. Four years combined, yes. That's my assessment of how many you want to get. And it takes six years, in my opinion, to fully assess Mm. a recruiting class at Brigham Young University, sometimes seven. Do you know who was in the 09 recruiting class? Mitch Matthews, it just takes a while <laughs> at BYU. For these it takes guys. a long yeah. time. There are redshirt years, <laughs> and there are missions, and there are medical redshirts, and there are just all kinds of things. So it's fun. We sit here a week before signing day, and it's going to be fun to evaluate that. We can't truly evaluate it until six or seven years later. Now, for the record, in 2014, BYU's recruiting class was ranked 71st according to Rivals and Yahoo. But now the Cougars have Kalani Satake and a Heisman Trophy winner in Ty Detmer driving that recruiting logic. We're meeting on recruiting every day and making sure, you know, we got the guys that are committed still coming and possible guys that want to maybe change their mind other places. Starting, you know, the end of next week, we'll start getting to go do home visits. And uh, that's something, you know, I'm looking forward to, to to getting to know the players and their families and promote what BYU is all about. Oh, they are thick in the middle of it right now with one week to go. Ty Detmer joining us a couple of weeks ago. So BYU's recruiting class right now, and you better believe the ratings and rankings are out. According to Yahoo, Jerem, 49. 49. So 2014 was 71. We just went through some of those names. 49 right now. And Rivals has the Cougars in the low 50s. So pretty good. But, you know, when was the last time BYU had a top 50 recruiting class? That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. According to Rivals, the last BYU top 50 recruiting class was in 2010. They were ranked 40th. Now, before we break down that class... A comment on these rankings. Somebody is given power to evaluate. Now, BYU's coaching staff may may not evaluate those to the same degree. And guess what? Bronco Mendenhall and his staff did not evaluate to the same degree. He was open about, I don't care about stars. The stars matter to some people. They don't matter to others. But trust me, if there's a guy who is listed as a four-star, he has some value to some degree, right? But not everyone sees everyone the same way. 71 in 2014 in 2010 it was 40. And some of you are saying, isn't that the Jake Heaps year? Yes, it is. It was. It was the Jake Heaps recruiting class, but listen to the names underneath that. Kyle Van Noy, NFL second rounder. Alani Fua, NFL guy just played in the NFC Championship. Bronson Kafusi, projected NFL draft pick. Teo Fabaluje, he was a sixth-round pick by the Bears last year. He ended up playing at TCU. Jacob Hanneman is playing for the Chicago Cubs in the major leagues. He was a third-round well, pick. Minor league. My, sorry, minor league. yes, yes. He is part of the Cubs organization. Good athlete, yeah. Algie Brown, current running back. Travis Tuiloma might be BYU's best defender coming back. Tuni Kanuch, Sai Tautu. That's pretty stinking good. From the last six or seven classes, that is by far the best one. And coming up uh, later in the show, we're going to decide whether that was elite or not. And according to ratings, <laughs> according to ratings, that was the highest, 40. So you can see, are yeah, they, and you are can they see on why. to something here? Should we pay more attention to what they're doing? Kind of. Uh, 
yes and no. It's it's tough because this staff is going to evaluate film, and and it's t- it's tough because there's certain guys that di- aren't going to carry over. Like there have been at least two players, I think three, that BYU has evaluated their film and said, you know what, we're going to go a different direction with you. So that's tough for those kids, but the you know they'll go somewhere else. BYU is looking at guys and trying to. Uh, jump in with six weeks or less, and now one week to go of, we think you have four or five-star value to us in terms of what you bring to us. Fit matters. Academics matter. Obviously, honor code matters. So it's, it's unique. Does rivals take into account the way a guy lives according to the honor code or is in the classroom? Heck no. Where was rivals on Ziggy Ansah? It's just, right. What class was he in again? He was in the track and field walk-on class of like <laughs> 07. Yeah. So sometimes you, you strike, you know, pay dirt with that. Yes. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. It's a good one. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What is the biggest need BYU needs to address on signing day to the Twitter machine? It's Twitter time. At Crazy Kook Fanatic weighing in, wide receivers. Who is going to replace Mitch Matthews and Taron Houck? Not to mention Jurgens, but here's the thing. Jurgens is back. Yep. Mitchell Jurgens is back. Both. So, Pat, good news. Mitchell Jurgens is coming back. Big shoes to fill. Nick Kurtz needs some help. Yeah, BYU has ID'd at least one JC uh, transfer receiver that they, that they like. So, and that's a guy that you, you like JCs, too, because they can come in and play right away. You like dudes that have three years to play, too, like Nick Kurtz. He got hurt. He could redshirt that year. At VAR underscore black. I think that Ty Detmer will take care of the offense. I think we need a front seven on defense. We need depth at linebacker. And I didn't realize Absolutely. BYU was losing three linebackers until you pointed that out to me in the research. Depth, baby. Coming up, the new tight ends coach at BYU, Steve Clark, making his show debut in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. He looks good in the mustard seat. He does look good. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcasting on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation like most of you should already do. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And coming up tomorrow night, uh, Men's Hoops plays Loyola Marymount, 11 p.m. Eastern time, so a later tip, live on ESPNU, and you can listen to it right here on BYU Radio. Love well. going to bed at 1 a.m. and waking up at 6. It's the best. <laughs> Get your nap. Seriously, survival. What is the biggest need BYU football needs to address on signing day? That is our Twitter question. At Skyler Beltran says wide receivers need support for Kurtz. And uh, for Tanner Manga, man, for those running backs. I mean, it's, it's an overall deal there, but that ended up being the strength of this year's team. To me, just projecting way out. It looks <laughs> like the running backs are the, uh, the group that could carry the offense. I'm laughing because I'm looking at the next tweet. Oh, from I know. At P underscore Norton says, caffeine sales in the stadium. <laughs> what? And, what? And, then, <laughs> That's and then at LVDS GME says, absolutely, diet Mountain Dew is my personal choice. We need to play one day. What's more likely, uh, caffeine sales in the stadium or a Big 12 invite? <laughs> I don't know what's more likely. Oh. One's, one's in control, BYU, the other's not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Joining us now, and we should probably apologize for the conversation that we've just been having. Is oh, the he new, needs to be introduced. Is the yeah. new tight ends coach, Steve Clark. Steve, welcome to Studio B and BYU Sports Thank Nation. You. This is impressive. This is the first Us time I've been, the facility. Uh, the facility. Yeah. You, you guys are okay too, <laughs> but I, this is the first time I've been in here, and it's it's unbelievable what what they've done here. Yeah, you you were here oh uh, five to seven as a as a GA. Yep. A little different now. 
with with things on campus, including this building? Uh, that I walked in. They said, uh, pick an office. I picked my old office. So I got my old office, but then they said, no, you're down the hall. So they kicked me out of my old office. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's great to be back. Um, you know, some things have changed. Some things haven't. It's But it's 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 great to be back at BYU. What is it like being hired in the midst of recruiting while everyone is essentially on the road? Uh, so Kalani called me. Um, well, it's like this. Kalani called me, and he said, I'm, I'm on a flight to Hawaii. And I swear 12 hours later he was back in the office. And he, <laughs> and he came and gave me a hug and said, hey, I'm going out. I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'm going out again. And he's, he's a recruiting machine. So, you know, it's, it, you, you do your own thing. I'm getting uh, familiarized with the, with the recruits. I'm watching some film um, on them just so I have an idea. A big, big group coming in this weekend. And so I want to be able to, you know, know who who's coming in and, and put names with faces. And and I've spent a little bit of time with Ty, uh, but most most everybody's gone and, you know, out recruiting. That's got to be an interesting process for sure. And what was the process like of getting hired back to BYU? I was at Weber State and I was minding my own business and, and uh, getting <laughs> doing recruiting. And I got a call, a call from Ty and... He said, would you come down and meet with me? And I did. And, uh, you know, a few weeks later, uh, you know, here, you here are. I am. And, uh, you know, I'm from Provo. I went to Provo High, graduated from BYU. This is, this is always where I'd, I'd want to be. Um, and so it's really a dream come true um, for me. And, and uh, it's, it's gone so fast. Uh, it's, a, it's just for my wife and my kids and and my family, I got extended family, are huge BYU fans, and it's you know I, I, re- I really can't describe how fast it went. And it really didn't go that fast, but to me, it seemed like it went really fast. What's that like when Ty calls you? You're like, is this <laughs> I, I, what? Well, he left a message, and I, uh, I thought, you know, I wonder what he. I really didn't think much of it. I wonder what he wants to talk about, and. Want to go hunting with me? What, what sure, you, you know, let's go fishing, or you know, you know, does he want me to, sh- you know, show him how to how to play quarterback? I mean, what does he, <laughs> <laughs> what does he want? What does he? I mean, I really, we had such a good staff at Weber State, great coaches there. I thought he was calling uh, for one of them, and he said, "Could you come down and meet with me?" and I said, sure. You know, you're Ty Demmer. You win the Heisman. You know, that's is the Heisman going to be there, Ty? I, yeah, I should have asked him that. He's <laughs> he's got one more Heisman than I have, so I I said, yeah, I'll come down. And so I went down and we met for two hours and and we just talked football. Yeah, Steve Clark, the new tight ends coach, with us in Studio B. He is trying to figure everything out. At least he's got a new office picked out. Uh, I I do. I'm intrigued to know what went through your mind when Ty first presented to you. Hey, we we'd like you to coach here. What 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 are you thinking in that moment? Um, are you like yes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so I, the last eight years, I've been the offensive coordinator at Southern Utah and Weber State, and I've coached quarterbacks. And I knew that wasn't so. It was kind of, you know, what position are you are you thinking? And and, mm-hmm. and tight ends is. Is uh, a really great position to coach because you're involved in pass protections, you're involved in the run game, you're involved in the in the in the pass game, obviously. So, so yeah, there was a lot of you know 
high five yourself and at that moment and and uh but you know it, it had to go through Kalani and Kalani you know he 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 was he was the one that was going to make the final decision so really when i got the call from Kalani is when it it really happened and i was um there were you know there's some some tears shed and yeah, some sure uh you know my daughter was so happy to you know to hear it and she found out before anybody so mm. my wife was gone <laughs> you got to tell somebody so i told my wife and Sorry, the dog buddy. and the dog didn't care much but my, <laughs> my daughter was fired up oh when, good stuff when you look at your career and you've you've made your way through the ranks and and in utah and i guess st mary's used to have a football team yeah. and whatnot right? one year i was there one year one one season and they <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way, but that was their one season they decided to drop football. You were, you were so good. They're like, we can't better this. we got to just say it. You know Gary Shady coached there back in the day, right? I did not know at, that. At St. Mary's. He I had some crazy plaid pants. We'll find that picture. We'll send it to you, and it'll be awesome. What, what, was that I mean, validating of your coaching career so far to, to be a part of this uh, staff? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, but there's great coaches at every level. There's great coaches at every level, and and there was great coaches I worked with. You know, Coach Lamb at, at Southern Utah, great coach. Uh, coach Hill at Weaver State, um, and that staff, they're they're great coaches. I don't think you need to get to this level to validate yourself as a great coach. Uh, I think you can be a great coach, and there's some best coaches, football coaches, are in high school. So, um, it it more than anything for me, it's 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 humbling. It's very humbling. So when you look at yourself and you're challenged to assess players and star systems and ratings and all that, what strengths do you bring to the BYU football staff when you are kind of stepping out and, and looking at what you're going to bring here? Well, you, the last eight years that I've been coaching, we didn't care about a star system because we weren't getting any players that were were in the star system. We always looked for fit. Um guys that tough guys we wanted tough tough players that's the first thing we looked for they had to be tough-minded they had to be tough physically and they had to be willing to fight and and that's that that's what i had to do to to survive in this profession is fight and 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 pick yourself up when you get knocked down and keep going and i think that that's that's what i would want to bring to this 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 program is some toughness, some fight, um, and then you know you you develop you develop your players, especially here when you're not getting them for two three years. You're recruiting them, and then you're not getting them for a while. You're gonna have to develop mm. these guys. So so developing them is as important as anything you do. And the number one thing you do as a college football coach is recruit. So and we were talking about that in that that first segment. Uh, Describe the evaluation difference of, okay, there's some people who, for the public, give stars and whatnot, and then there's you guys who actually have to evaluate their entire life and football. Describe maybe the difference on the coaching staff side. Well, for here, it really doesn't matter if if the kid's a a four, five, eight-star recruit. If he can't make it here, it doesn't really matter and doesn't do any good bringing him here. That process all starts as junior you know that's when these kids start getting noticed is having a great junior year there's a lot of guys that develop as seniors that aren't in that star system yet because they haven't been found out so 
you look at the star system to kind of as a baseline, but it's not everything. Um, and you can't, you know, what's in here and how they fit with you and how they're going to mesh with the other team members, you can't put a star on that. And those are things that are very important to a football program. Now, what they do on the field is, you know, probably the, the chunk of the biggest chunk of, of, of the recruiting. They've got to be able to, to play. I don't know how much time you've had to review, like, what BYU has in terms of specific tight ends uh, or had a chance to talk to Ty about what he wants to do. I know he said he wants to use the tight ends more and kind of go back to the way that BYU used to when he was the quarterback here. But what do you envision for your position group right now, the, the players in place, and what you want to do offensively? Well, I, I, I met the, uh, some tight ends. I met, I, I think, all of them that are there now very briefly at a workout yesterday. Um, but that was my first day. Uh, Ty has talked about using the tight ends. Um, but, you know, the systems that you use, there, there's the system, but if the tight ends can't produce for the system, it really doesn't matter. Um, the tight ends have their job, too. They've got to make themselves valuable and in, in, in what's going on, and they've got to make themselves fit into the system. And tight ends are, are good to use because, you know, you can keep people in base personnels with using your tight ends, but yet still throw the ball effectively. And so you're getting a mismatch on a on a, a linebacker or on a safety. You know, safety, you're using your size. And linebacker, you're using your, your speed. So you want to be able to use that, those tight ends. But, you know, as soon as recruiting gets all done, we'll get together as a staff and we'll figure out, you know, what we want to do, the direction we go. But, but the, the talks I've had with Ty, so far, yes, he wants to, to use the tight end. Do you do you feel some positive pressure given the history of the tight end position? Absolutely, yeah. And and uh, so when I was the time I was at BYU, oh five, six, and seven, there was there was Harleen. Harleen was you know a great tight end. Then Pitta was there. Yeah, that's a pretty good run. And George. And Those the, guys were all right. They, they yeah they were they're okay. I mean they're. And and they were great. And I think Pitta was even a walk-on. So you talk yes. about the star system. There's a guy that's Chad in the Lewis NFL. Chad Lewis was a walk-on. Chad Lewis was and a so walk-on. And so Dennis Pitt. So two of the greatest tennis. There you go. And I've had a lot of uh, – I spent about an hour with Chad Lewis the other day talking tight ends and, and, and you know his take on the tight ends and what we have coming back. So it's a good problem to have. You want to have that pressure. You want to have great players. You want to have, have to produce for the team. So I look forward to it. Steve Clark, the new tight ends coach at BYU with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at that schedule next year, you it's like, hey, come be the tight ends coach. And, oh, by the way, we're playing Arizona and Michigan State and Mississippi State and West Virginia. What, do you, what goes through your mind when you assess the schedule? Uh, let's go. I mean, what can you do about it? I mean, I, I, I'm not shying away from it. I, th- I say let's go. Let's go compare ourselves. What the best there is out there. I mean, as a coach, that's what you want to do. You 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 want to compare yourself, see where you are, and then reevaluate. I'm I'm not shying away from from the schedule. It's sure it's tough, but it is what it is. And let's let's go. Let's let's go. What's the next week like for the coaching staff as you guys try and finish up signing? A lot of a lot of home visits, um, and then it goes dead right before 
I don't know if you know, you know what dead dead means that you can't go see him anymore. But so you finish up a lot of home visits, then it goes dead, and then and then you have uh, signing day ne- a week from today, today, yep. a week from today, and then you have that day where you're hoping to get, you know, those the the sign the sign document saying that you're you're good to go, and then and then you start getting ready for spring. But right now everything's full bore on, you know, getting recruits and getting them firmed up. And I have an assignment for you. Great. I love assignments. Will you make sure the fax machine is ready to go? <laughs> Plenty of ink, lots of paper. Yeah, the, usually the first one that comes through jams. At like 6 a.m. Yeah, everyone's around it jams. Yet, right? so everybody's trying yeah. to figure out, get it unjammed so the rest of them come, come No one through. ever knows what to do. You call an yeah, IT. I'm the yeah. wrong guy for that. <laughs> That's the one assignment in the next week. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll read the manual on the fax machine, and and be up <laughs> okay, to date. Intense. Very good. And, and then yeah. yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it done. You read the terms and conditions. Review some film. All of that. <laughs> Anything else you guys need? You need the any I, other assignments? Fax machine's good. We need you to sign our stretch wide flag. Give us your autograph. I can if you do don't mind. that. Absolutely. Okay. You're Herbie Hancock. Steve, great to have you on board. Great to be here. It's my pleasure. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine Fowler answers today's Twitter question. And is he still on the tourney train for BYU Hoops? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, football signing day, one week from today. We just talked to Steve Clark, a new tight ends coach, about that. If you missed that, download the show podcast or rewind on the DVR online. We will have live coverage at noon Eastern and 6 Eastern next week. So uh, we'll, as the guys sign, we'll tell you about them at noon Eastern, 6 Eastern. We'll talk with some of the coaches about the recruits, and we'll talk about the return missionary as well. That's a big element to the BYU signing day that no one else has, really. Uh, so it's going to be awesome one week from today. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. According to multiple reports, Bronson Kafusi had a solid day one at the Senior Bowl practices yesterday. The game takes place on Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. The men and women's hoops teams are in action tomorrow night against LMU. The ladies play at 9 Eastern on the W. TV and the men play LMU in Provo, 11 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Women's basketball currently 16th in the latest RPI. I have that as excellent. And 11 spots out of the latest coaches' top 25 poll. They are trending up in a big way. And we've been talking recruiting today. What are the needs for BYU? That was earlier in the show as well. But the recruiting class right now ranked 49th by Yahoo Sports. It's been, uh, what, six years since BYU had a top 50 Recruiting class, according to Yahoo. Yeah, 2010, when it was 40. Again, download the podcast, listen to that whole conversation, some really interesting statistics and notes brought up Just about... amazing banter. ...who was in that recruiting class in 2010. In <laughs> fact, we're going to talk about it some more in about 15 minutes. Was that recruiting class elite or not? Oh, boy. Here we, here we go again. <laughs> Blaine Fowler joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our dual-threat analyst on BYU TV for both football and basketball. Blaine... How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? I miss you. I need to get in the studio one of these weeks so I can actually see your lovely faces. Then do it. Just come in studio, Blaine. Maybe next week. I'll have to okay. ban we'll see. If you're a real friend, you'll show up in studio. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just put all kinds of pressure on myself. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Let's start with football, Blaine. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest need BYU needs to address on signing day in terms of a position group? 
I think the biggest need is the same every year, even though people think we're stacked um, on the offensive line. I, I think on the offensive line, I think that up front is where BYU needs to get better and where the gap between being great and just being good has been the last several years. And so, so to me, offensive and defensive linemen, that's where I think BYU can stockpile talent. That's where I think Kalani and Mike Empey and this group that's going to be recruiting Ed Lamb where they can upgrade the talent level the most. Uh, and, and if they do, and get back to the days when BYU would just maul people up front. They would do it on the offensive and the defensive side. When they were winning championships year after year in the WAC and in the Mountain West, uh, it was because they dominated the line of scrimmage. So, so to me, I know that's not the sexy, exciting thing to talk about, but that is the area where I think we got a chance to see BYU really, really improve. And that was an emphasis uh, last year. They were trying to lo- load up on O-linemen, and those guys don't have an impact right away. Typically, O-linemen, they get at least a redshirt year before they even have an impact or they come off a mission and are, are freaks like Louis uh, Lapuahu. We know you love idiots on the offensive line, but now you look at uh, Kalani Sataki, and he has six weeks uh, to get ready for this signing class. How much can we evaluate his ability to recruit in only six weeks? It, it's not fair to to give him a grade this year, but here's the thing. It's not fair, yet I think what we're going to see is we're going to be remarkably surprised when signing day comes and we start to really look at how good he's done in a six-week period of time. I, so is it fair that we're going to judge him on this recruiting class? No, we shouldn't. But, hey, let's go right ahead and do it because I think he's going to come out really, really well on this. And really, in a BYU recruiting class, we won't know for four or five years if they were really good this year with what they did. We'll see all the star ratings and all that stuff, which kind of drives me crazy because there's a whole industry now that's built around that, and we talk about it a lot. But we really, especially at BYU, we don't know if these kids will be any good for four or five years till they go on missions, come back, get their bodies back in shape, and actually start to compete. Uh, but I do think four, four years from now, we're going to look back and go, wow, that's an amazing job Kalani did in a very short period of time, because I think the kids that they're going to bring this year are going to have a big impact on the program. So BYU and BYU fans have been known to hype a little bit. Wait, what? You know, every once in a while. But let, let's just put on the realist goggles now, Is that Blaine. even possible? What are the realistic expectations for this new coaching staff when it comes from everything from recruiting to spring ball to now next season and that schedule? Yeah, so are we talking about realistic for next season, or are we talking about the long-term realistic? Because they're two different things, right, Spencer? What do you want to Absolutely. Let's go short-term first. Okay, so short-term, what's realistic? A few weeks ago I was on a show with you guys, and I said, hey, if BYU could go 4-4 four and four with, with that first eight games, that would be, in my mind, they'd be doing well. That would be what I might expect. And better than that, I think they can do better than that. I think they can be five and three or six and two. But realistically, four and four is not out of the question. And people blasted me for say, for saying that. How dare you <laughs> say the BYU I'm would lose fifty percent? Yeah, four and four is horrible. No, not when it's Arizona, Utah, UCLA, West Virginia, Toledo, Michigan State, Mississippi State, and Boise State. And I'm not looking. <laughs> I get this. Did I miss any of those in order? I, I think you, I think you got it. You nailed it. Did I get it? Yep. Okay. So, so I just, I've looked at it so many times now, and typically when I look at a schedule, I go, okay, there's an automatic win. Mm, that one I don't know about. Oh, that could be a loss. 
On this one, I literally do not know on any of those first ones. Yeah, it's, toss up. Eight, it's a toss-up in like the first eight games. The first eight games, I cannot write down a win on anyone, including Toledo. And because they were really, really good last year. So now I you know, I think they can the, the good news is I'm not writing down a loss on any of those eight either. So when I can't put a win or a loss down, then I think fifty fifty is not a bad guess, right? It's true. So, so so people get upset with me. Now the good news is after those first eight, when I look at the last four and I don't know if this is the right order because I'm not looking at anything, but Southern Utah, Cincinnati, UMass, and Utah State. I think I got it in the wrong order. But, but anyhow, those are the four teams. I'm expecting them to win those four going away. Uh, the new program is going to be established. They're going to be running the offense. Um, they're used to running now. They're running the defense. So, so I say they win out in the last four. So that wouldn't be bad. Eight and four is realistic next year. It's realistic. Better than that. Is fantastic. If they win ten games next year, and I don't know, I'm gonna. What did you do? I'll grow a beard or mustache. This year. <laughs> oh, uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. Hey, as the producer of Countdown to Kickoff, I'm cool with it. It's just, it's just <laughs> other people on campus that might not be. Okay, <laughs> they might we, not be too happy. Yeah, with it. <laughs> and we'll have eight months. We have eight months to yes. break down the schedule, yes. right? So, yes. yeah, fun initial banter for sure. Let's talk hoops for a minute. After the Pepperdine game, and I was there, I thought, Pepperdine has won 4-5 or five against BYU. They've won, what, three in a row in Malibu. They are the new New Mexico. And you just saw New Mexico last night. You just did a game. Did, is that comparison fair to you? A team that matches up weird with BYU that has their number for a little while? Well, they're, they're really good, first of all, this year. And they're really confident. And here, here's what would happen with New Mexico. New Mexico, they were really physical, and they were particularly physical when they played at home in against BYU, and not only were they physical, they were long and athletic, but they weren't long and athletic like UNLV, just a lot of quickness that caused you problems. They were long and athletic, and then they were physically tough inside. Pepperdine is that. They've got, you think about who they have, Stacey Davis and Jet Reigns and these guys. These are all 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, um, but they're not 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, skinny guys. They're 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, put together guys that are experienced and confident, and they like to pound on BYU a little bit. And when they're in the confines of their own home, they're, they're really good this year. Um, and they haven't lost at home this year. So the thing that happens when you say, oh, do they have their number? They think, so Pepperdine goes into a game, especially at home against BYU, and they think, yep, we can beat this team. And here's the scarier part. Because they have now, BYU goes into the game and goes, wow, this team can beat us. Right? That in and of itself is an advantage. And that's where I think BYU was with New Mexico there for a while. New Mexico thought, boy, they come into our place, we will beat them. And BYU was going in and going, oh, this is a hard place to win. So I think the mental aspect of it is just as big a part of it. And you know what? They just happen to be really talented right now. They're just as good as Pepperdine's been, combination of talent and experience in the last 10 years, I think. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. We are currently discussing BYU basketball. Seven home games left, including Pepperdine, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga, all coming to Provo, and three away games in the back ten for the Cougars. What does BYU need to do to get an at-large berth to the NCAA tournament, Blaine, in the back ten? I think the worst they can be is 9-1 and one in the back ten. That would, that would make them... Uh, so say they go two and one in the tournament, that would get them to twenty five. That makes them a bubble team. 
Um, I, I think at 26 they're in. To, to be 26, they they either have to go 10 and 0 in the back 10 or win the conference tournament. I, mean, I guess <laughs> win the conference tournament. Win the conference tournament doesn't really matter what you do in the back 10. And, and, and you want to know what? If I'm to look back over the years, this is as good a chance as BYU has to win the conference tournament because I don't think that, that Gonzaga is dominating on the guard line like they have, and BYU can match up with them. So I, I think BYU could win the tournament. So if they want an at-large bid, though, I, I think they need to go 9-1. and one. And why not? There are three road games that are at San Francisco, at Santa Clara, and at USD. Santa Clara and USD shouldn't be a question. San Francisco's a little more competitive. They're a little bit of a matchup for, for BYU, and they're 10-9 and nine this year, but that's a game, they're 4-5 and five in the league. That's a game that they should win. Um, so, so now they have them all at home. So if they can't go undefeated on the road with those three road games and lose only one on the road, then, then you know, I'd be disappointed in them. So 9-1 and one should be the target. Uh, well, really, the target should be 10-0. and 0, Then they get to 26. <laughs> but what's realistic? We were talking realistic here. 9-1 is not out of the question. Then at 25-9, and nine, the problem at 25-9 and nine is it depends on what's happening in other leagues. Does so the team that's not supposed to win a conference tournament win it and bump BYU off the bubble, those kinds of things. At 26, I don't think they need to worry about the bubble. So, to me, the target's 26 wins. True or false, BYU will finish the season undefeated at home. Oh, yikes. <laughs> false. I think they're going to lose one. Okay. Okay. And, and, but, I do, but I do think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season on the road. They'll win the three road games, 6-1 and one at home in the back seven. I'll take it. That'd be really good. Yeah. That'd be really good. That's- and then you'd have tons of mojo going into Vegas against vulnerable St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I, th- I think it'd be good. It's not a three-bid league, so I think BYU needs to finish in second, though. Yeah, I, I, hope for, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're undefeated at home and undefeated. If they can win 10 out, they went out 10 in a row. That now, because the, the NCAA committee also looks at trends. You yes, know? So not absolutely. Just the they're they're going to go, wow, this team's on fire right now. That moves them up a couple notches, and that takes them clearly off the bubble at that point. And so, uh, yeah, I... Will I be disappointed if I'm wrong? Oh, I'll be so happy if I'm wrong. But, <laughs> but I'm just thinking realistic. What, what can they do? And they, they still, to me, have to get better defensively, more consistently. And I and they're really good offensively, but they're streaky. You look at they're, they're number one in the league in, in scoring offense. But but Gonzaga's two and St. Mary's is three. Then we look at defense. St. Mary's is one. Gonzaga's two. And BYU's eight. There, there's a difference between those two teams and BYU right now. They're, they're really good on both ends of the floor, and BYU is sometimes phenomenal on the offensive end, other times streaky, and they haven't been great defensively, although they showed me that they could do it when they won that game up in Spokane and played great D. So they're capable. Is there any way that the WCC gets three teams into the dance, or do you think it'll just be two? Not typically three. I think they'll get two. I think they'll get two. That's just been historically, since BYU's been in the league, what they've been. And you look, St. Mary's is really good again this year. They're back in the national conversation again after not being so great since Delavidova left, but they're back there again where people are talking about them. And, uh, and Gonzaga's has got this national reputation. They're not going to fold down the stretch. They're going to be good down the stretch. That's just who they are. Um, so... If there was ever a year for three, I mean, if BYU wins out, they could get three, but that's a real long shot. I think two is a more realistic spot on, on the tournament for the league. 
Blaine, always a pleasure, my friend. And for the record, we miss you too. We hope that you can grace us with your presence in Studio B very soon. Well, we, we're, we're moving down to Utah County in the very near future, so there's going to be more chances for me when it's not football season. I'm not in studio every Tuesday for me to be down there with you boys, which I will love. Okay. Okay. We look- nothing, nothing better than being in the building with you guys. <laughs> nothing better. We appreciate that. Blaine, thanks for the time, man. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Blaine Fowler on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Two beeps, and at 25 wins, it's 59% shot now to get into the tournament. That's still bubbly, but 59%. I'll take 59. That means a nice run down the stretch, too. The committee be paying attention. Hey, let's play Elite or Not next. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you miss this show live, you can always watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Holler! Men's basketball plays LMU tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. You can listen to it right here on BYU Radio. Let's play Elite or Not. Is it Elite or Not on BYU Sports Nation? Well, heck no. <laughs> we haven't even told you what Get it is. Get out of here, Larry. Come hey, on. Hey, Get back on the bench. <laughs> okay. We have been discussing. Now I'm, now I'm fired up. Recruiting. You just re- play anything from him. <laughs> recruiting classes for BYU. The 2010 recruiting class for the Cougars, pretty good. We got to okay? go, fa- go fast. But is it elite? Kyle Van Noy, Alani Fua, Bronson Kafusi, Teo Fabaluge, Algie Brown, Travis Tuiloma, Tuni Kanuch, Sai Tautu, Jay Keeps, and Ross Opp were also in that group. But four NFL guys, elite or not, Jerem? Yes. Okay. Yes! In our, pre- in our pre-production <laughs> meeting, I fought no. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a major league draft, uh, baseball draft pick, like top two rounds yes. or three rounds. That was really good. And guess what? Jay Keeps and Ross Oppo were not great. Isn't that funny? Not they, good. They were that, like right? the headliners of that class when it, when it happened. Ross Oppo had a great freshman season. Like, he had like nine touchdown catches. That was really good. Absolutely. It was like Mitch Matthews' best year was Ross Oppo's freshman year in touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, it was really good. But all those guys, Kyle Van Noy, Lonnie Fua, Bronson Fua, Teo Fabulusia, that's really good. And, and then you look at Algie Brown. Last year had... What, 11 touch, uh, touchdowns rushing ball? Travis Tuiloma, really good. He was Kanuch huge. Tuiloma was huge okay, for BYU. Remember I said you want like five dudes? How many were in there? One, two, three, four, like eight or nine. Significant contributors. Really good. Elite. And, and that was what, 40th, right? 40th. 40th. And BYU's uh, recruiting class right now ranked 49th. So, again. That means there'll be three draft picks from this signing I class. Don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the metrics Wait of that. Know. We don't know, but... I mean, according someone to someone figure stars, out like, the metrics to that. Okay, someone moneyball that. The highest, the highest recruiting class ranking BYU had in the last decade was 2010, and there mm. are four NFL guys in there. There, there are going to be. I, I know we talk about stars and whatever that means. Okay, there's some value. I don't know what that is. Does that mean 10? percent Does that mean 30? percent I don't know. If the more talent you can accrue, the better. Not everyone is Dennis Pitta. Not everyone's walking on and then going to the NFL. In fact, that's a crazy outlier. We can't use Ziggy and Dennis Pitta and Chad Lewis as the norm. Those are way out there, Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. Way <laughs> out there, okay? How about a second elite or not subject, Jerem? The countdown. No. Countdown to the Wildcats. <laughs> what? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
He brought the air horn. <laughs> I'd almost see that a good suggestion, and I used it. 220 days for no those one of knew you that I care. was doing that. Audio was like, you're breaking our mics. 220. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do for 219, man? <laughs> Up next, we whip it. Get you caught up today across BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? It's time oh for goodness. the Cougar Whip Around. Take Football. The, take the air horn away from him. It's America! Bronson Kafusi had a solid day one at the Senior Bowl yesterday, according to multiple reports. Also, BYU Football's recruiting class right now ranked 49th by Yahoo Sports. Women's basketball. Who gave you that horn, by the way? Me. Are you bought it? Bo Hodge. <laughs> Bo Hodge did not give me this horn. <laughs> Women's basketball team ranked 16th in the latest RPI, according to NCAA.com. They are 11 out of the latest coaches poll top 25. And that's a Wednesday whip on January 27th. <laughs> Men's basketball. <laughs> we don't have anything else. We'll create something out of nothing. Men's and women's hoops, LMU, tomorrow night. Oh, did I? No, you just read that. No, I didn't. Oh. I read I read the RPI, Jerem. Oh, yeah. Men and women's <laughs> hoops, both play LMU tomorrow night. Women, 9 Eastern, men at 11, whatever. <laughs> we, the, air there was, get, the air horn's getting to you, man. Yeah, yeah, juvenile hijinks. We, <laughs> Roxy Bernstein, the guy who will call the yeah. game on ESPNU tomorrow night, joins us tomorrow. Today. Rise and Shout, brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Jerem? At Hobosita for the air horn suggestion. Mm. Very nice. Okay. Our Twitter question, what is the biggest need BYU needs to address on signing day? Our elite tweet of the day from at Stubbs1946. Offensive line. The offense will never be better than the O-line. Ask Tom Brady. And McMinn5. Definitely a dollar store air horn. That is right. <laughs> Hey, thanks to Steve Clark, Blake Fowler, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues t- tomorrow and today on Twitter. Oh, podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer Shaw.